Welcome to another episode of the PH Journals podcast, our Sunday discussion. I'm joined by a client turned friend. Um, we've had an incredible couple of days. Um, it's been a nine-day safari, and um, yeah, we've had some remarkable hunts. Um, I'm joined here by Chris Triggers. Chris, welcome. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm glad um, to be here. Just before we get into it, just tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and um, yeah, obviously what brought you to South Africa. My name's Chris Triggers. I'm uh, from South Georgia, a little town called Glenville, middle of nowhere. Uh, just like most people that's never been here, it's just a dream. And you work and you work and you, you save and you figure out what you want to do and uh, life's for the living. So I yeah. planned on being able to enjoy Africa. So we, me and my mother both uh, started putting money back to, to um, instead of buying Christmas presents. And okay. we're going to build memories instead of buy gifts. So me and my mother came and we've enjoyed a absolutely phenomenal time. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we've had some very, very special moments. So we started off with the with the basic package, but uh, like most people, get overwhelmed <laughs> when they get you. Yeah. So um, I'm just curious to know uh, some of your animal selections, especially the barber sheep. What what brings you to selecting these sort of species? What what what, what was what attracted you at first? Well. A lot of like the Barbary sheep or the Aldad um, is something that I've always thought was a you know magnificent animal. You see them on TV hunting them, you know, high altitudes, rocky terrain, just you know tough hunt. And I enjoy the challenge. Um, I believe that you know things that you have to work for when you're done means a lot more. You know, hence our phenomenal kudu hunt. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just a beautiful animal and. You know, to take the chopper up to the top of a mountain and yeah. um, the whole experience is what it's all about. And, I mean, it was remarkable. So. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's definitely a special hunter. I mean, they're tough animals. They're living up there in the, in the high altitudes and stuff. So the altitude gets to you a bit, but it's, it, it was it was remarkable. We, we spotted them from quite a ways from, from where we actually could land the chopper and we sort of got into a sort of platform where they funneled in and it was absolutely incredible um, experience. Just, so, I mean, I've, I've done barber sheep so many different times before, but that was a really unique experience. But um, just, you know, the whole the whole thing, what, how, comparing South African hunting conditions and comparing South African um, species of animals and stuff. How does it compare to to what you used to hunting back home? Well, I mean, that's kind of like comparing fishing in a pond to fishing in the ocean. Yeah. Um, if you're used to to pond fishing, where you've got three or four species in a pond, and you go out there, and that's what you get. Yeah. Well, when you're in the ocean, you never know what's going to bite the other end of the line. Yeah. Same way here. Um, back home. If I'm elk hunting, I mean, I'm elk hunting. You may see a mule deer. Um, if you're whitetail hunting, you may see turkeys, you may see hogs. You you literally do not, you mean, you can't understand until you hear. When you round a bend, yeah. you may see three species, ten species. There's just, the amount of game is just unreal. Um, and the diversity. 
I mean, you've got plains game, you've got mountain game, you've got um, just, you know, what, how do you call it? The uh, curl horn or the, what do you call the um, spiral. spiral horn? I mean, you know, just there's so many different things. Yeah. And uh, we don't get that back home. I mean, you, you, you go for a species. I mean, you're going elk hunting, you're going elk hunting. Um, now, this is very similar the terrain to like high desert elk hunting, um, like what you would do in New Mexico or something, um, Utah. Mm. But uh, I really, I really, really enjoy it. Um, it's it's challenging, and I like to be challenged. It's not, you know. Sometimes I thought, well, maybe we'd just be driving around and yeah. stepping out of a truck and shooting an animal. Yeah. And that's not what it's about. Yeah. I mean, there's there's real hunting that goes on. It's uh, um, the the barberry. The, I can't never say it. An all dad. Yeah. All um, you know, we get up to the top of the mountain. It could have, within a matter of seconds, went to a botched hunt that we'd have never got a shot. To within a couple of seconds, it was one of the best hunts I've ever had in yeah. my life. So. Yeah, and uh, I mean, but but. <clears throat> Compared to, you know, for instance, like like uh, Texas and that sort of stuff. I mean, they, they've got a variety of species as well, but not not the volume. But the hunting's different. That's, it is. That's it's totally thing. different. Yeah. I mean, it's flat dirt. Yeah. Um, now they do have. I mean, the the way the trees are. I mean, everything's rough and tough mm -hmm. and dry and hard, and everything seems to have teeth and claws on it. When you walk by it, it either grabs you or pokes you <laughs> or sticks you or. Um, and Texas and, and New Mexico is the same way. And Texas has a lot of different game species. Yeah. But being able to find a, a, a high altitude spot where you can get up on the mountain and glass down and yeah. make a good plan on how you're going to approach this hunt, it isn't like that. You're 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 hunting senderos, um, food plots, feeders. Okay. Where here, you, I mean, th these animals live here. I mean, yeah. they get feed. You know, they may get feed in the the worstest parts of the season yeah. just to sustain life but it's not a normal thing yeah so these are all free range you know free graze uh animals where if you're in texas i mean they're driving down through the middle of these senderos pouring corn out behind them okay and the animals step out into sendero and you shoot him yeah um totally different kind of hunting um i mean a lot of similarities sometimes you're driving um yeah. on a buggy uh, and you see them and you shoot them from the buggy or make a short stalk, but to compare the two, um, it's, it's kind of difficult because yeah. I mean, it, it's, I do both of them, yeah. you know, um, without, without a doubt. But, um, this was my first, tri uh, trip to Africa. It will not be my last. Um, like I said, before we leave, we're going to go ahead and make some reservations yeah. so that there ain't no second, second thoughts on it. Um, but uh, everybody, everybody needs to enjoy I mean, this. You, you want to come back. You want to yes. come back and, and what, what <clears throat> from, I mean, being around you now, having the certain experiences you've had, what, what would you look, or what do you think you could add on as, as a next, next time? Well, there's an extreme amount of game. So <laughs> you, it would be, it, it'd be very difficult to you know, check every box mm. in one trip. I mean, I don't know how many species of animals are here on 
this ranch and the other ranches and everywhere. I, I don't, I can't even fathom the, you know, the, the actual amount of animals, yeah. different species that I've seen. Um, and what's so strange is there's a, there's a, a thing for everybody. You know, like I said, when I came, the, like we talked about, we had a basic package yeah. and that package changed because there was certain animals that I really wanted to mm -hmm. take. Um, and there were certain animals that at the time I really, it, that wasn't as important. Well, now that I've got the animals that was on the top of my list, mm. the animals on the top of my list has changed. So now I got a new list. Um, <laughs> so um, I would definitely love to um, to come back. And like I said, I didn't think I wanted any of the wildebeest. They just yeah. it, it it was in my mind was like hunting cows. Okay. I get here and and I see the way they react and the 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 mannerisms that they have and their own unique personality mm -hmm. that the blue wildebeest has to the black wildebeest and just the way they act um i'm intrigued to kill one now you know yeah. um so i was going to go ahead and kill one this trip but i i wanted to kind of make it like a grand slam okay thing next time so i didn't i held off from killing one because next time when i come i want to kill you know multiple ones i yeah. want to kind of you know and you know, I mean, it's it's probably not going to be an easy hunt. I want I want to you know I'm willing to take my time. I'm willing to work hard to get a really good species. Yeah. Where I've got friends of mine, you know, they yeah that one looks good, bang. Yeah. And I'm not that guy. Yeah. I, I really I want to savor the hunt. You know, I mean, I want to um, if I could just get out the truck and shoot him, I'd rather not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd rather, if, if that's what we're going to do, let's go to the backside of the mountain, let's park there, let's walk over the mountain and shoot the same animal. Um, so, I reckon some of the things, the reason I'm coming back is, there's, there's, and the kudu will be on my list again next year. <laughs> or next time. I, I enjoy them. It is, they're very elusive, and within a matter of seconds, mm. they're gone. Yeah. I mean, it is unreal how fast such a big animal can absolutely vanish mm. um so i like i just you know i got excited with the um fallow deer. with the fallow deer yeah. it was i mean it had me pumped yeah he come in grunting and chasing and wasn't on my list yeah and now i you know it's an itch i got to scratch yeah. I, I mean and there's other fallow deer mm. i really want that one you know he just he was big he yeah. come in and he was the way he was acting whether he is or not he was acting like he was the alpha dog mm -hmm. he was the the mature buck in that area and that's really what i like to go after the same way with the bull i mean you could really tell the way he acted the yeah. way he presented himself he was the you know the big boy yeah and i'm willing to do without to take a chance at, at getting the big boy okay you know well, tell tell us a bit about your kudu experience because I mean it's it's easy <laughs> it's easy for me as a as a PH to to run through it, but I, I really want to see it from from your eyes. How how was it from day one? I mean, we hunted kudu hard yeah. hard for three four days. I mean. Well, you know, we drove around, we seen a couple, you know, here on the ranch, and you like him, and as a novice in kudu hunting, yeah. you you know, a small one is still a big animal compared to a whitetail hunter, okay. you know. So when you first see him, dang, that's a good, that's a good animal. Yeah. 
and you're like, no, you know, see how the tips curl in. Yeah. And you know, if if they're if they're wide, if they're doing this, they're pointing out. Mm -hmm. You know, if the tips are still pointing out, he's way too small. Yeah. You know, you want to see him roll around. So okay, so now I start learning what I'm looking mm -hmm. for, and I, you know, as we're doing our other hunts, I see a couple and I'm looking. I'm like, okay, and I start learning what I'm looking for, and I go and look at some of the mounts and things like that. And you know, I came and first thing I told you, mm -hmm. I wanted to, how big how how big was the kudu. 60, 60 inches. inches you know yeah. it's like you know a 300 inch bull back yeah. home you, you know you 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 had this number and you're like um you're in the wrong part of the country for a yeah. 60 inch bull yeah. and i said okay what what is a big bull is it anything over 45 inches yeah. i said okay i'm looking for one 47 or better then yeah. and you were like man you, you know you set your gold really high but i mean but that's if yeah. you don't have that mentality to me you're gonna shoot a small bull for sure so we started looking and uh, we went up on the top of this mountain. I don't know what y'all call the mountain. Humfle. Humfle. Mm. So we go up there and we're, we're glassing. And there's there's cows everywhere, young bulls. And then out steps. I mean, you could tell he was an absolute giant. I mean, yeah. just because the small bull looked decent mm. that he was weird. And when he come out, he made the small bull look really small. Yeah. And it's always easier when you have something to compare it to. Which was a good thing and a bad thing. See, I seen him and I wanted him. Mm. And then it was going to be an extremely hard hunt. You know, we was, you know, we was going to have to go down the mountain. And then Jason, another PH, was like, hey, you know, there's one in the, in the lands. And boy, that threw me off the land. And I kept trying to figure out what y'all meant by the yeah. land. I'm like, man, land's everywhere. So it's farmland. You know, agricultural oh, okay. land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't understand that at first until we pulled up and we're, you know, we're looking yeah. out over farmland. So... Really nice bull, big body. I mean, you could tell he has been pigging out on that alfalfa yeah. because he was a huge body. But he didn't. He didn't really do it for me. I was going to hunt him because you know you're my PH, and yeah. I told you I'll follow. You tell me what to do, and I'll, I'll do that. And um, so we gave him a few days of of hard hunting, sitting long hours just to you know. Yeah. Um, and we finally seen him, and he was a good bull. I mean, I said he was probably a 45-inch bull. Yeah. Um, I would have took him, and we almost did. I mean, if he would, if I'd have had a minute or two minutes more of, of daylight, we would have we would have got that hunt yeah. done. Um, but then you asked me, you know, what do you want to do? I want to go back to the mountain. I knew it was going to be a hard hunt, but I knew he was a bull that, and I was, and like I told you, I was willing to work hard. So we get up there, and uh, we're glassing him. And we finally see him, and we're like, well, let's go. And so we go all the way down the mountain. Because you were fighting daylight. At yeah, I mean, we're running. I mean, we knew we were running out of time. It wasn't going to be no um, just sit here and wait on him. Yeah. And uh, I'm from South Georgia. That's flat dirt. Um, you know, No mountains. No mountains. I mean, you go up North Georgia, you can find some mountains, but there's no mountains. Yeah. So um, going downhill wasn't terrible. It had my ankle sore, but... Um, so be in shape, but uh, it was a long walk. I mean, that one day, like I told you, it was a little over seven and a half miles we walked. Um, and we, I got a little frustrated. You know, we got down there, and I, I could, I could see the time just ticking by. Yeah. And I mean, I know that you're, you know, really thorough when it comes to planning and i'm like man if we don't at least get a little closer mm. no matter what happens we're going to run out of time yeah and so finally uh we figured that they was they shifted enough so that they wouldn't win this and we could slip down past them to get to the water hole 
and uh, we slip up on a water hole, and it was, I mean, beautiful. If it, if we was whitetail hunting, that'd be a place you'd have a stand. I mean, beautiful water oh, hole. actual water hole, yeah. Yes, it was a beautiful spot, you know, and no sooner than we stepped up to the edge of this dam on the mm. water hole, kudu started piling in. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, this is about to happen. Mm. You know, I mean, we were close. We knew we were yeah. close, but, I mean, when you started, when we started seeing them fall in, we were like, you know, yeah, we go. It, this, this is this is about to go down, mm. and I got a little nervous, and and then on the other side of the dam, all you could see was his horns above the dam, and I'm like, oh my god, there he is. So you know, and luckily you, know, I got Jason on one side and you mm. on the other, so I've got a you know a wild jackrabbit that's ready to <laughs> bounce anywhere. Yeah. I mean, he's fast moving, you know, mm. um, really gung ho at going. And you are more calm and mellow, so he's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And you're like, calm down, wait on your shot. So, you know, and yeah. there was a limb right in the way, and if he would have took one step, I mean one step, uh, he would have come up the berm enough that he would have cleared the limb and I could have shot. Because yeah. he was basically, sorry, just to explain, yeah. he was basically rubbing his horns, something a dominant bull would do. In the mud, him, yeah, yes, playing, just yeah. digging in the mud. So his body position was extremely low. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I just needed him to kind of come up. If yeah. he would have come up, I could have shot him. Mm. And uh, there was this really young bull, I mean like 10 inches of horn yeah. poking out the top of his head. And I don't think he smelled us. It was more like he was playing in the mud, mm. splashing in the water and playing around like a kid. And... Uh, but it boogered everything up. Yeah. The, the cows started getting nervous, and as soon as they noticed, you know, they they felt nervous. He wasn't hanging around. Mm -hmm. I mean, he rolled and he was gone, and they followed him. Yeah. Um. And then, like, and we we tried to slip over and just see if we could mm -hmm. see him underneath the uh, what do you call these trees? Acacia trees. Acacia trees. And we kept glassing and glassing, and we get up to this fence and we're glassing, and all of a sudden, that's when we heard that that fallow okay. deer. I mean it. I mean, I know they grunt, but it was more like a roar. Yeah. I mean, he really, you know, it wasn't no timid grunt. You know, even some of our, like, if you're a big whitetail hunter and you've hunted some of the Midwest states where there's really big bucks, I mean, you'll hear that roar. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. I mean, mm -hmm. every step, he was hot on a doe. And, and uh, I mean, we seen him come by and he had double hand size palms. Um, he was chocolate, huh? Well, he was like a, he was crazy. He was like black across his back. Yeah. And then it faded into almost like a smoky gray color. Mm. It was just, I mean. Beautiful. Just a, a beautiful animal. And uh, and so we knew that our um, our hunt was, you know, was kind of busted. So we was like, well, let's make a play yeah. on him. You know, we've done hike down a mountain. Let's see if we can make it worth our while. <laughs> and uh, it didn't work out. And we, we hiked out and. And uh, needless to say, when we got back, I mean, we were we were beat. I mean, it was it was a tough hunt. It was a, uh, I mean, it was a tough hunt. And uh, so he was like, "What do you want to do tomorrow?" And uh, I was like, "Well, I want to go back in the morning." And you're like, "Man, I, don't, I think we need to go to the land." Yeah. And I'm like, "I don't want to go to the land. I really, I mean, I really, really, really want this bull." And uh, you were like, whatever, all right, you know, I'm, I'm good with it if you are. Yeah. And so, you know, we get there and 
we glassed one area and it we we seen the exact same cows mm. the young bull and the the you know the little itty bitty bull and the young bull and he was nowhere to be found because we glassed that same area the same left. area yeah and uh you know expecting to see him you know he'd been he, he being the mature bull that he wouldn't uh you know abandon his cows mm. and so we were kind of flustered didn't know what to do so we went back to the another good glassing point that we had uh that y'all have and we glassed and we glassed and uh that same fallow deer you could hear rah, rah, rah. and he was close enough i felt like i should be able to touch him but mm -hmm. i couldn't see him and um so i told you, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go down here to this this next spot down and i mean next spot down being like you know 40 50 foot down the mountain um as steep straight as hell, yeah. yeah very very yeah. straight down and you're like um no so you know like i said you walked off and i went on down and i reckon it was i was down there so then you had to come mm. and, <laughs> uh, so as we were looking for this fallow um and we were glassing pretty hard yeah lo and behold there was a, i mean this bull was laying down in the middle of in the middle i mean open i mean yeah. like i mean wasn't even hiding and we both went to tripping you know it, we just couldn't believe it and you couldn't see his horns you know really good so we kept moving trying to get a better yeah. view and then he turned his head and we knew without the shadow of a doubt this was the one we were looking for and that's where you know it really got crazy because we had to cover a lot of ground we yeah. were probably at that point thousand yards from him no no four we were about 480 but the the thing that threw us off was the angle was so steep. yeah 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 so we had to get closer without a doctor yeah so we went down and down and down and i mean really really rough i mean it was no you know i mean they were mountain climbing stuff going on yeah. you know um and like i said i'm a flatlander i mean he's you know dylan here's part goat and uh he <laughs> Yeah, he goes down the mountain like it's nothing, and and uh, so we finally get down, and we're trying to put a you know a plan together where to shoot, and and we see a you know a good rock. Um, he's like, if you can get to there, you know, you'll be under you know two seventy. Yeah. Uh, and I said, okay. I said, two seventy, I can make that shot. Yeah. And uh, I but was we also closed the angle as yeah, well, it, it was starting to get a lot a lot flatter. So, yeah. um, and we were shooting a. Uh, the 270 Howa and uh, with the cheap bullets, you know, really like the cheap bullets. I've been tripping on him the whole time we've yeah. been here. Um, but uh, so we get down and I, um, we're watching him and he's facing us. And I knew, I mean, at any minute, I mean, because when you're hunting these things, it's a matter of seconds. Yeah. Um, he turned his head. And as soon as he turned his head, you know, I said, he's about to leave. And before that got out, I mean, he he turned and took two big steps, yeah. and I let it eat. Yeah. And um, and I mean, before you heard the gun go boom, he was yeah. laying on the ground. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we both went to look at one of them. I mean, just I mean, big grins. Uh -huh. And uh, and I mean, it was like I said, it was it was unreal. I mean, it, it was a lot, a lot of work and. You often think, you know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're going to keep doing Because that's, I mean, I mean, back home, I hunt big deer all the time. I try my best and I fail most of the time. I mean, it's just the way it is. You, So uh, I was expecting it to, something to go wrong. But, it, I mean, everything worked right. He hit the dirt. We did have to go in and, 
and I broke him down with a, a, a high shoulder shot, and he was, and so we had to go down and you know, finish him off. Mm. And you get up to him, and you know, every step, you hear ground shrinkage. Well, this wasn't ground shrinkage. It mm. was, you know, every step he was getting bigger and better, and just uh, we get there to him, and you know, his horns have still got the mud covered all over him. Yeah. Um, he's got a scar on his side where it looks like he had been fighting mm. or something. Um, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was unreal. It was. I mean, yeah. it was an epic hunt. It was one of the ones that stories are made about, you know, yeah. that you will tell people. Um, I mean, my friends will get tired of hearing it. I mean, but I will look forward to telling it to my children, to my grandchildren, yeah. um, to my friends. It's, uh, it's the kind of hunt that, that stays with you. It's, it's the reason I came to Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the reason me and my mother made this trip was to make memories and um which is to me one of the most valuable things mm. that you can have your memories is what makes life worth living it's, it's the things that you take with you um so uh not only did i kill a beautiful animal you know we had plenty of laughs mm. um you know i had you thinking that you were going backpack this <laughs> horse of an animal out of the woods um you know i mean it was I mean, it was crazy. It yeah. just, uh, and then the work started trying to get such a big animal yeah. out. Um, and that's something that me, me myself, I mean, I, I need to have a better plan. Mm. You know, I think there's, there's got to be a better mousetrap yeah. yeah, that to get an animal this size out. Um, you know, back home it's packing them. I mean, we, you know, everybody has backpacks mm. and you'll have to, you know, snatch the legs off the straps out mm -hmm. you know cape him out do everything you're going to do and everybody just grab a piece and you yeah. walk him out of the mountain um because it's tough and here with the with the temperature you know mm. um being a factor you have to act pretty quick um you know if it's 80 you know high 70s low 80s mm. um i mean your meat will turn in a hurry so yeah. you really gotta you know have your idea together get it you know mm. executed and get him on out um, where you take a chance of you know your meat spoiling um back home you know, will be elk hunting and it'll be you know it's pretty cold he could lay there for mm. hours and you, you don't have any issue yeah um, but, but also you know that that animal is is yours yeah we we there's too many people that rely i mean you saw the the guys that came and helped us. I mean, they're taking the stomachs and everything. they're taking the hearts and everything. Yeah. So, so there's so many people that rely on, on yeah. that carcass to get back. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, whereas yeah. if it was just me, I would have taken the most important, like you said, I would have packed it out, yeah. packed the important parts and, yeah. and taken it, you know. You know, but here, I mean, that that's feeding people's families. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a supplementary income uh, for the ranch. Yeah. It's a... Um, very important food source for mm. the people that live around here your employees the the natives um it's important yeah you know that that they have these things and we like we were talking about having putting a value mm. on these animals they're, that's the reason that they're here yeah that's the reason that they're preserved that's the reason that there's people like yourself that are watching out and making sure that there's a uh, a good breeding structure that yeah. these animals continue for the future it's because hunters put a value on them mm. um and you hear about all these people that are 
um, complaining about hunting and talking, but in the same voice, they're wanting conservation. They're wanting to preserve these animals. And the only way that you can truly preserve them is to put value on them. Mm. Because if they, if they have no value, then they're trash. Yeah. And you can look at some of these other countries that has stopped um, allowing the hunting to take place. And you look at the, the decimation. I mean, just the animals are no longer available. Yeah. Um, and so by doing that, you know, and it being a vital, important part of the community, it holds not only a trophy quality for myself and hunters like my, mm. like me, but but a, a resource. Mm. Um, so it, I mean, even back home, I mean, it is a, like I mean, when we we go hunting. I mean, it's it's food on our table. Mm. It's 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 not only just the 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 going out for the trophy. It's a it's a staple. It's a it's a lifestyle yeah. for a lot of people to be able to to partake in in eating you know such a wonderful wild animal you know uh um they're great table fare i mean these them kudu steaks the other day yeah. oh my Jeez. gosh yeah. um, so many people uh like we were talking about you need we could figure out how to to get the meat back this the meat back to the mm -hmm. states the the quality is just unreal you can't buy this you yeah. know grown on a you know in a little pen i mean this it takes a, a certain environment to 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 build this kind of animal and it's it's just a complex taste it is so good and um there's none of the hormones yeah. and preservatives and all the stuff that they put in them um that you know i know especially in america i mean it is a sought after you know yeah. we're, we're eating eating better and you can't get much better than off the hoof and on the plate so. but um so Chris, just Sorry. just your all round, <laughs> all round experience, Hunters Hill. Well, if you had to put it into words, how would you describe it? Absolutely phenomenal. Sorry. This, you know, I had I had big expectations. Yeah. And y'all have went so far above that. Um, the professionalism, the kindness, the courteousness. I mean. I'm not exactly probably the the easiest person. You know, I'm not the one that's going to come in and you know. I know I've probably been aggravating you. You know, I I would rather I don't sit still very yeah. well. Um, I like to be doing something. I mean, I'd rather go help you um, dig a ditch than put lights put lights up <laughs> or whatever. I mean, truly. Yeah. Um, but not only that is. Um, I feel we become friends. I yeah. hope. I hope so. Um, I hope it's a friendship that'll last for forever. Um, and that's that's what I have a desire for. Is I want to be helpful. I want to be. Um, and I'm the same way at the house. Yeah. <clears throat> I like to do for others. Um, if you want true pleasure in the heart, it's done by charity. Yeah. If you can do for others and you can help out and you know. Um, you'll just, I mean, it, 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 to me, carries a lot of weight. Mm. Um, I think that you you and all your staff here has done a phenomenal job. You are so okay. courteous and nice. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of strange being waited on. We're not a, uh, you know, my culture, you know, it's you know, about the closest thing that I get to waiting on me is, is, is my wife. She is gracious and fixes me a plate and stuff like that. But, 
you know, we, we get up, get her done. Um, and so to come to such a nice place where the staff is so willing to, to go above and beyond, um, to, to be able to go out and hunt all day and not have to worry about coming back and doing your laundry that, you know, they're going to tighten the room up and, and wash your clothes and have it ready for you. It's, it's really, really nice. It, uh, it lets you focus on more of the things that you come to Africa for. for yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the experience is surreal. Um, just get rid of the blackjack snake. So yes, my heavens. <laughs> um, just, just anybody, if you're listening and you were thinking about coming to Africa, get tall boots, you know, you want them to at least come well above the ankle. You know, I, I come in when, and I reckon I should have done a little more research. I thought it was going to be more savanna style and okay. not much as the mountains. Yeah. So I wore some some lower boots that would be you know cooler and easier to walk in. Um, but you need some some good boots. And if you don't have any, um, Dylan will hook you up. He's got some nice right. ones here. But uh, the wear some good boots. Get some gaiters that uh, you know if you don't have any, same way he'll have you some here. Right. But I put some on your socks. If these things get in your socks terribly, you 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 might as well take them off and just throw them away. Throw them away. Yeah. Um, but these they're like we call them beggars back home, but they're everywhere. It's like they farm them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they are. They. Uh, yeah. It is every everybody. Um, it, it's it's worth if you can make it happen. I, I'm sure that. Um, it's a dream that's outside of some people's budget, and that's a shame. I mean, it just is what it is. But if it's in your budget, um, if you can skip on a, a Disney World trip or a um, doing something for the fifth time, mm. you know, put that money back and uh, give Hunter's Hills a uh, an opportunity to, to show you a trip of a lifetime that you will never forget. I mean, the sunsets here are just amazing mm. you know there's, there's there's no city lights there's there's no traffic no honking no sirens there's none of that stuff that we makes... have got the lions roaring but you got <laughs> i mean that's awesome i mean there's lions <laughs> roaring you may you may hear zebras running around your chalet um um maybe even an occasional rhino in yeah. your backyard yeah. um but it is unreal it is an experience that if you only do it once if you if if you can manage to only do it once, mm. you will remember the rest of your life. It will it will be something that will shape who you are. Mm. It'll it'll help define your understanding of how great of a planet mm. we live on. Um, and there's so much out there to do, and so many people will not. They refuse to get out of their bubble. Yeah, so and, safe yeah, and and it's you meet great people. Um, and it's just, like I said, I, my opinion, I have made a friend for life. Mm. Um, I hope that one day I may can um, return the, the gratitude of you coming to the States mm. and let me show you a good time as you have shown me here. But uh, if I can't talk you into it, I'm still coming back. <laughs> yeah. so. Okay, well, Chris, before we close off, um, just a quick one. Everybody, you know, the whole COVID thing has been blown out of proportion and, yes. and a lot of people are really nervous to travel. You flew Qatar. I would love you to tell everybody at home 
how easy or if it was easy and, and how your experience was because I think that's extremely important going forward. Okay, well, we'll start off. I'm not necessarily downing anybody. We started off with our flights through Delta. Yeah. And was having some extreme issues. They wanted to reroute us uh, into Amsterdam and we didn't really want to go to Amsterdam. It was, you know, um, changing seats, a lot of things. Well, so we found a flight from Dallas to Qatar mm. through Qatar Airways. And uh, we still had some issues with some plane issues from Delta getting to Dallas. But after we got on that plane for Qatar Airways, as I, as I said, your service here was impeccable. Mm. Qatar Airways, it is unreal how nice, how courteous, how well ran this company was. I mean, they were polished. Okay. Um, we we flew business class, so we yeah. could lay down. You know, we had a fourteen hour flight. Um, so, Qatar. I mean, their cheap seats are better than a lot of people's first class seats. Oh really? I mean, this this plane is is impeccable. Um, you've got a 19-inch TV screen. You've yeah. got a bed. They, we ate duck and rack of lamb, okay, <laughs> on an airplane. Yeah. That's that was a five-star restaurant quality. Um, everybody was very courteous. They didn't. They wasn't in your face. They wasn't screaming at you every time that you wanted to breathe without your mask on. Mm. Um, you, we had like a little cubicle. They would shut the door. They left you be. Um, we got out. We we paid a little bit extra to have a escort okay. from the plane through check-in to the lounge. And these lounges are, I mean, they had fine meals, snacks, um, sushi. Mm. I mean, they were. I mean, it was like a going into a really nice restaurant. Yeah. And it was pro bono. It was. I mean, there was no extra charge. This mm. was because you were flying business class. Mm. You get to go in here. You chill out till your next plane gets there. Um, they escort you back from there back to the plane. If you have to go through customs, if you have to go through checkpoints, they speak the language. They know the people. They walk you right through. Um, worth every dollar, and, yeah. and it was not a big expense. Um, and for everybody out there, if you can get to Dallas, if you're from the East Coast and it's ch it's way cheaper for us to leave from Atlanta to Joburg was going to be seven thousand dollars for us to fly from Dallas for from Atlanta to Dallas, Dallas to Guitar, Guitar to Joburg, three grand. Jeez. So a huge difference, Jeez, and we went from sitting in a small chair on Delta to laying down, eating a rack of lamb mm. and duck with guitar for half the price. And and as far as COVID testing and all of that in the States compared to, yeah, I know you guys are going up to the Kruger, so yes. it changes a little bit, but yep. um, from when you were in the States, what, what was required? Um, 72 hours. Okay. Uh, like I said, you go to your local doctor, tell them what you're doing yeah. before you know, there's a plan that goes on here. So there's a lot more you have to do than just get a, well, let me rephrase that. There's a lot more you should do mm. than get a COVID test. Go to your doctor, tell him what your plans are. He'll start setting everything into motion. He'll tell you 
that you need your malaria medicine. He'll tell you you need your hepatitis shots. He'll tell you you need your typhoid fever shots. So, and then you'll go to your local area that does these, uh, that gives you these shots. And a lot of them's two to three dose increments. So you, mm -hmm. you will have to go and then a month later you'll go back. And then, so it's a, it's a, it's a process. So don't think that you're going to get on the, uh, you know, your computer today, book a, a flight next week and, and come over to Africa and go hunting. So be prepared to take the necessary steps. Talk to your doctor, find out what you need. Um, and it's not hard. It's just, you know, you just got to go through the steps. You go 72 hour, um, COVID test and it has to be a PCS, I think. PCR. What, PCR test. Yeah. Yes. Um, it has to be that one. It can't be the rapid test. So you get it. And as long as you start your flight, when, when you, you, when you leave and you get on that, your very first airplane has to be within 72 hours after you get on the plane. Now, if you fly guitar, it'll run all the way through till you get here. Unfortunately, if you go through Amsterdam, hmm. it's 72 hours before you get on a plane in Amsterdam. Hmm. So if you mess around and your time elapses before you can get back on your second plane hmm. in Amsterdam, when you, you know, offload and then inload in Amsterdam, if you have a layover, they could, they could hold you up in Amsterdam and make you take another test hmm. before they allow you to fly out. Because they're almost a day ahead of you guys. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you just you got to be mm -hmm. careful of how it's going to lay out. Um, but everything we didn't check you know any weapons. Um, we didn't check a bag. Everything we used was carry on. We okay. had two small uh, suitcases and two book book bags, mm -hmm. and um, we knew we had flight. We we had five flights. You know, so we had to change planes five times to get here, and I was afraid that. Getting lost somewhere. That something would happen or we would have a delay and miss a plane. So, um, and it worked out fine. You know, like I said, our laundry is literally washed every day. Yeah. Um, so if you wanted, if you, you could come with two outfits and never have to wear anything dirty. Yeah. But we had plenty. Um, everyone at the, um, I don't know if y'all, I don't know how it wound up, but as, you know, Afton Lodge um, picked us up from the airport. We stayed the night there. Um, and then your guys picked us up from Johannesburg or uh, from East London, yeah. and it just it worked out seamlessly. Um, so I've I've been you know when we get back to Afton Lodge, we'll be leaving to go to Kruger National Park. Yeah. When we come back, Afton Lodge will carry us to the, the COVID test, oh, get yeah. us tested, and then carry us to the, you know, the airport. So it's a uh, I don't know if y'all are partners, you and Afton Lodge, but it works out really good the way we're doing our trip. Of yeah, we, working we've done together. a lot of business with Afton. I mean, they, they're really great guys to yeah. partner with them. They've done exceptional work, and they just they, they look after the guys, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But um, Chris, you are, sadly, that brings the end to the show. And uh, But I just want to say thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm so glad that we've had an incredible time. Like it you is, said, we've, it we've, is. we've made a friendship that will last a lifetime. I mean, I don't think I'll ever forget some of these hunts that, that we've done in a very, very long time. Well, I'm you glad. Know, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future. And, um, yeah, if, just for the guys out there, I know you've, you're quite uh, visible on Facebook and other social media yeah. platforms. Where can they see you? What, what have you got going? Um, um, 
You can look me up on Facebook, Chris Triggers, or Flatwoods Outdoors, Flatwoods okay. Archery, Flatwoods Outdoors. Um, I, I post a lot of live videos. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm learning this WhatsApp thing. Uh, we I've used it before for, with some of my military friends that okay. they've been overseas, but it's been a couple years since I've used it. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get with this WhatsApp so me and you can communicate pretty good back and forth. Um, if everything works good, um, I'm going to... I'm part of a uh, a TV show uh, called The Rush. Yeah. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, hunting. I've been absent from them for about two years now. Uh, I took over my father, uh, my stepdad's business. So business has been really, you know, wide open. A lot of work yeah. going on. And uh, so last year we we hooked up with them in uh, Ohio and done some whitetail hunting, some you know, some filming there. And uh, so hopefully we'll we'll try to get the TV yeah. show to come here, and maybe you'll see some um, African some African hunting, hunting on uh, on Old South Georgia Boy uh, on Sportsman South or or one of the other TV shows. If we can get everything to work out, I'd love it. That'd be a good time. And uh, so. yeah, well, thank you so much. Just a big shout out to Trees and Camo, Splitting Image, Sexy Dermy, Max's Ties. Uh, and if you guys enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate the like, subscribe, and uh, just share it with a whole bunch of friends and everybody. But Chris, once again, thank you so much, bud. And I again, really those Maxxis tires, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> this is the roughest country that you could ever put a tire through. I mean, you're, the, the rocks and stuff, and them things hold up. I, I, I was afraid we was gonna be changing tires on the regular, and them things have been absolute monsters. Yeah. So yeah, that I was very, very, very impressed. Cool. No, and I'm... Toyota, if you can hear me, we want we want the Toyota Land Cruiser in America, <laughs> just like they make over here, so that we can enjoy such a phenomenal vehicle as well. Because that thing is a is is a bad boy. Yeah. You've no. got a phenomenal setup. I mean, top to bottom. I loved it. Thank you. So, Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, sir. Well, Chris, thanks so much. Cheers, guys. We'll see you guys soon. Cheers.